1: Houston, to shoot, let's let it, it
2: Happy Monday! Welcome to episode number 55 of Back of the Net, the AFC Bournemouth podcast. It may be Monday when you're listening, or it may be later on in the week, but hopefully like me... You've got a little smile on your face because at the weekend, Cherries dispatched Aston Villa 2-1 at Villa Park and myself, Sam Davis and Jeff Hayward, who's standing by, are absolutely delighted to get our teeth into this one. There's going to be no hanging about this week, so no scripted intros or here's what's coming up because there's a lot to get through. But firstly, just want to say thank you for all of the support we've been having for this podcast on social media and word of mouth whether it's a retweet, a Facebook share, or an Instagram, it all helps. And even the people that have taken part, of course, thank you for your contribution, because without it, we wouldn't be able to reflect fans' opinions. Same goes for YouTube as well on our new YouTube channel. Had a load of new subscribers, really appreciate that, but also the people who've taken part too. I'm so thankful. And just want to say, your contributions are not being unnoticed, okay? Uh, We're making a list, and we're checking it twice, This could turn into a song. But we're certainly going to be rewarding people who take part because as this podcast is growing, starting to get little emails from media companies for little events and freebies that they're willing to send us. And obviously, as a collaborative effort, we want to be spreading the love with our listeners. Well, the people that take part anyway. So thank you so much for all the retweets. And remember If you're looking for that Steve Fletcher t-shirt that we're giving away, you need to be retweeting or sharing the post on Facebook or Instagram that basically has this podcast on it. So that's the one that went out 7 o'clock Monday morning. If you retweet that and also subscribe on YouTube, then you're in with a chance to win. Right, let's get on with the show, and it's time for another Do You Remember, and it may be Aston Villa related... So we're going to be sticking with the Aston Villa theme this week and there was an iconic goal scored in a match-up between the two sides back, well that'll form part of the question so I won't tell you exactly when it was but yeah, Ted McDougall, the flying leaper himself, scored Uh, an infamous goal I chatted to an uh, an Aston Villa fan in the Barton's Arms called Tom very knowledgeable Villa fan he was actually at the game and said it's one of the best goals he's seen scored against Villa live some compliment and here's Barry Davis to remind you all about it McDougal Scott by the right Boyer on the other post McDougal what a classic
3: diving header
2: what a goal do check it out on YouTube search Ted McDougall Aston Villa because you can see it there but don't do it yet because I've got three questions that I'm going to answer for you at the end of the show these are they firstly what year was that second what kit were Bournemouth wearing Great kit by the way And the third question is How many goals did Ted McDougall score for AFC Bournemouth Uh, Bear in mind that his career he, He was with us twice So it's the total amount of goals he scored So we're talking the year The kit And Ted McDougall The total amount of goals He scored for AFC Bournemouth. Good luck with that answer at the end of the show. Now, two days ago, or more, depending on when you're listening, Bournemouth travelled up to Villa Park and got a 2-1 win. I was delighted. I was ecstatic, so much so I missed the first goal. I'm trying to record some audio live just to give the podcast a bit of grit and raw audio, but I did get some. So enjoy that now, and we're going to follow this up with your fan thoughts. Which I completely forgot to record. Josh King tucked it away and Harry Wilson has just added a second. It looked like it took a huge deflection. But the Villa fans have finally shut up. And it's 2-0 at the moment. And we're looking we're looking fairly strong. Very strong on the counter. This is superb stuff. Save from Aaron Ramsdow. Aston Miller of getting a few chances now. Charlie Daniels just gave away a clear shot and goal that Ramsdale saved, but once again, quick reflexes from Rambo. Here they go on the attack again. Oh, over the ball! And another corner. They're ramping up the pressure. Come on, Bournemouth. Burn now, because
4: they are going to put it up us. We've got a score of four. That's the reality's first goal for the winner. Number six, Douglas Louise. Two under Bournemouth. It is 71 minutes gone. She just
1: did
5: it, he thinks. Hi, it's Claire Carlin here, Northstand season ticket holder. Also in attendance at many away games, including Villa on Saturday. Great result. Great to see an away victory come so early on into the season when often we struggle on the road and obviously only gaining five away victories last season. So it's fantastic to see a victory so early on the road. I'm a big fan of Harry Wilson. I was the minute he um, signed, particularly after speaking to Liverpool fans who all rate him and who honestly think he should be in their first team. He was fantastic. His commitment on the ball... His passion for shooting and his passion for running and getting forward. Fantastic. He's a real asset to our team and will continue to be this season. He must start now. Uh, a number of fine saves from Aaron Ramsdale. A really surprised package. We didn't necessarily think he was going to come in as goalie this year. But both of his performances so far have been really, really top class. And uh, speaking to our FC Wimbledon fans on the way home at the services from Villa, they were delighted to see him doing well. And saying without him, they... They would have gone down last season. There isn't a doubt about that. So it was a hard game. It was scary at times. Um, Villa's goal was was top class. Their their player was goal was really really brilliant and really really cool goal from them. As cool as a player's hair, which I also thought was quite nice. But equally, um, Villa played well at times um, and came back. Great defending from us at Time zone which is really going to be tested next week against Man City.
0: Hi, it's Ashley here. I sit in the main stand. Uh, I'm still a bit hoarse from yesterday. What a performance. I thought it was brilliant, particularly in the first half, uh, where we showed some real intent and a little bit more fluidity in attack. I'm sure reverting to a 4-4-2 had a lot to do with that, as well as maybe some players uh, appearing to have a point to prove. Billing was absolutely outstanding in the first half I have to say though his booking I think it was for descent was pretty stupid Uh, and he showed his petulant side for a few minutes after that and he was actually very lucky not to be sent off although we lost something after he was replaced at half time it was definitely the right thing to do Um, uh, he's an interesting one a bit like Harry Arter on steroids maybe Um, although we're always going to have to weather a bit of a storm at some point um, in the second half we did our usual thing of trying to just contain them Uh, We stopped playing. Predictably, they scored. Uh, It's a complete mystery to me why we do this. Villa played some nice football, um, but were a bit toothless. And I think if uh, we'd have come unstuck against a better attacking side. In terms of notable performances, Ramsdale is undoubtedly good enough for the Premier League. And he looked very confident as well. I thought Daniels was excellent. uh, And he continues to prove people wrong, including myself. Cook and Ake were very good throughout the game. Uh, Wilson looks a very good player and offers us uh, something different. Uh, he reminds me of Brooks, actually. Um, Callum and Fraser look to be returning towards some form. Josh King was frustrating. Uh, really showed his nerve in the first half for that penalty, but he was I thought he was very poor in the second half and looked more lacklustre than usual. I know this can be his demeanour, but he looked disinterested at times, which was odd. Um, maybe he was a bit tired, I don't know. Lerma though, wow, what a performance from Lerma. He literally ran himself into the ground uh, and he was my man of the match. All in all, a brilliant day out and a spoiled big club Villa's party. Thanks very much.
1: Do you know what, mate? If, if I'd have said the first two games of the season, We'll have four points. Yep. We fought three points last week against Sheffield U, one away from home today. Reverse it, not a problem. Four points, first two games of the season, happy days. I thought today Billings was superb yep. in the middle of the park. He had to take him off at half time because we can't do with him at Wim for three games. Fantastic. I thought Lerma is first class, absolutely first class. That lad is an unbelievable player, unbelievable. I thought Daniels has come in, Rico last week yeah. was rubbish. Yeah, yeah. Cut that out, no, <laughs> right. But today, Charlie's come in, he's had a lot of criticism last season. He's come in, he's done a great job. I thought we controlled the game. I thought, do you know what? Because we're now on the train going back to Bournemouth with three points in the bag, we're gonna have a couple of peers. Happy laugh. days, four points. Cheers, Andy.
3: Hi, this is Nathan. I've just got back from the match. A few thoughts from earlier. First of all, I thought that Aaron Ramsdale was absolutely excellent. I think he really justifies the decisions given the gloves uh, and get ahead of the other goalkeepers. I thought, other than a few dodgy kicks, his game was brilliant uh, and I hope that he continues to improve this season. Generally, I thought the defence was excellent today. I think it was our, our best four in defence and I think Smith and Daniels are definitely our best full-backs. I thought it was a really good decision for Eddie to move away from the five that we had last week, back to our Back, uh, our regular back four in midfield Billing and Lerma again looked strong they looked good in the middle uh, I think it was obviously that, that Billing needed to be taken off at half time uh, we were definitely going to go down to ten men Wilson on the wing, Harry Wilson looked good, he looked in, in patches really very strong uh, very tricky, obviously got a lot of pace and that left foot when he cuts inside looks like he's going to do a lot of danger um, Fraser, King and, and, uh, and Wilson as well this week were much better. I thought Just generally they had much more support than last week. I thought they were completely isolated last week. So I think the formation change that we had for this week was a lot better and did seem to suit them. There are a few people I've sat with that weren't that happy with King. I think that's unfair. I think he did a lot of work off the ball this week. And yeah, I can see the last ten five ten minutes he did, did a couple of sloppy things. But at the end of the game, he looked absolutely shattered. So I think it was a bit unfair of people. We we've got three points. At Villa on the first their first home game of the season of them back in the Prem. Their crowd sound, sounded really loud in the first five ten minutes, and we completely shut them up as soon as that penalty went in. To be honest, I think job done. Three points, good win. <laughs> Bring on Man City.
2: So thanks very much for the fans thoughts really great to hear some different voices this week especially Claire we uh, we gave a call to arms uh, to our fan base for some more female thoughts and uh, really great to have your contribution there are some more as well coming up after mine and Jeff's chat about the game and Andy um, he could be a new superstar in the land of back of the net so I don't know your surname mate but please come and see me after a game in future because people have been commenting on Twitter and YouTube and absolutely love you and want you on more often but yeah Bournemouth won 2-1 at Villa Park at the weekend and Jeff you must be delighted
6: Very pleased. That uh, was the performance we all wanted last week. And I think probably there was, um, they felt like they owed it to the fans to play that way, because it felt like Mm. it was watching the old Bournemouth, you know, front foot from the start. Wow, great.
2: Yeah, it really was good, and he went for the four four two, which we which we kind of predicted. And um, I mean, I I sort of gave my prediction on on YouTube what I hoped versus what I thought, but it it actually was what I thought. So Charlie Daniels was brought in for Rico, and then Chris Meppham, um, as well as he did with his goal, uh, he was on the bench, and it was Harry Wilson who got his start. So when you saw that team come through, were you excited by it, or or did you have any doubts?
0: I
6: thought that it was reassuring to have Charlie back at left back. Mm. Um, I did feel a little bit sorry for Metham. Uh He had a, a, a solid performance and obviously scored the goal last week. But yeah. what I think was going through the uh, the mind of Eddie and Jason would have been Villa are going to be up for this game. They're going to look at what teams did to us a lot last season, which was mm. be pretty physical up front. You know, they've got a big lad. That Wesley up front was a unit. Yeah. so. I think they were probably thinking it's going to be a bit of a battle and mm. if you if you want people to put bodies on the line ake and cook are people aren't they
2: yeah yeah that's right i mean so this was um this was actually my first trip to villa <laughs> park uh, not been there before um of course last time we played there we won 2-1 and we did the same again but wow i've got to say um chatting to a number of their fans both both before and after the game Uh, really friendly bunch but they you know they're expecting a you know a tough old battle this season but they're confident of staying up and I think they should be Um, but boy did their fans make a lot of noise now I don't know if this actually came across on the TV or not Jeff but I mean at three o'clock it was one of the loudest atmospheres I've ever heard you know did you feel that from where you were?
6: yeah it felt so intense and you kind of knew they'd be up for it i mean they've been waiting a long time and mm. the last time when they when they fell out of the premier league you know the the fans were uh at odds with the management in a pretty uh vocal way so yeah. this time they're 100% behind the club. They've got uh, someone who stood on the whole end managing them, and they've got someone who stood on the whole end captaining them. So it, it feels like the whole community, the whole villa community is behind them. Um, and, yeah, you know, I, I thought it would be interesting to see how we responded to that, and what a start.
2: What oh. a start. It, we, it couldn't have gone any better. I was in the Barton's arms beforehand, which is about a 15-minute walk from Villa Park, chatting to a few fans, and I said, you know, we're quite a Jekyll and Hyde side when it comes to our performances, both home and away, to be honest. And I said, you know, we could, we could end up coming away 3-0 winners today or 3-0 losers, but, um, you know, that, that, that wall of sound was just, I mean, the decibel levels were crazy, and I thought, you know, the only way to shut them up would be an early goal and didn't we deliver? I think they only had one touch before we actually got the penalty. That was uh, them heading out of play. But then Callum Wilson was was brought down and what a way to silence a crowd. Uh, It was a definite pen, wasn't it? Clear penalty. Yeah.
6: What was Heaton doing? I mean, thank goodness that he he did that. But I I think we talked about it last week that uh, when you're a championship team coming up, the first away game you're nervous, also the first home game. You know, yeah. particularly Villa, the amount of expectation on them, the players having, um, having come off the back of a defeat, you know, they knew how important yesterday's game was. And I think Heaton just let things get to him and made a crazy decision because that ball was going out of play if he, if he leaves it. Wilson, mm. you know, was, was not really going anywhere from that angle, but you know,
2: we'll take that any day of the week. Mm, and you know Wilson was very calculated he knew what he was doing and he's done it many a time before where he's just got a touch on the ball you know just make sure he gets to that ball because he knows the challenge is coming but yeah Josh King slotted away the penalty kick very assured Um, weirdly I didn't feel nervous uh, as he was stepping up previously um, in previous seasons especially last season I I was a bit nervous, really, when, when players approached the penalty spot. But, yeah, Josh King just looked very confident and, you know, put it the other way. 1-0 and the whole tend went from ridiculous amounts of decibel levels to practically, you know, practically silent. And the 2,200 Cherries fans were absolutely jubilant. And, you know what, in a way, scoring early is a, is a fantastic thing. But also, when you know, put the shoe on the other foot, it, it's also a bad thing as well because you've got more time for the opposition to, you know, pull one back, and that was my fear. So, the the real aim for Bournemouth would be to score again pretty fast. And hey, hey presto, that's exactly what we did.
6: Yeah, I think sometimes in the past when we've when we've gone one nil up, we've tried to sort of defend from that sort of first minute onwards really, and it, it's it's always been really uncomfortable, particularly away. Uh, mm. When we play at home and we get an early goal, we, we're often much better at, at going for the second or the third and, and trying to kill the game as quickly as we can, which it felt like there was that attitude yesterday rather than the, let's just sit back now, we've got the goal and try and defend.
2: Mm. Yeah, I, yeah, no, I completely agree. And um, it was actually, I mean... It was. It's two mistakes basically that let us in. Because the first was obviously a goalkeeping blunder, and then it was um, we sort of hassled and harried them slightly on the on the left wing. But uh, a square ball was dummied inexplicably by Douglas Louise, who who gave Harry Wilson the chance to. shoot. I mean, it didn't look like he was ever going to lay it off. He just had his sights on goal, and you know, if there's one person who you would have loved to have taken a deflection off and for it to go in the back of the net, It's Tyro Mings, and it happened, unbelievable.
6: What would you take, a Mings own goal or a
2: Wilson, Wilson goal? <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, you know, either way, I was so, so chuffed, so chuffed for Harry Wilson, though. Absolutely brilliant. Um, You know, had it been given to Tyrone Mings, you know, it would have been equally great. But um, yeah, really pleased. And I can't tell whether his initial shot was actually, I mean, it was goal bound, obviously, but whether it would have troubled the keeper, not so sure. But yeah, when it went in, I mean, I know 2-0 is still a dangerous scoreline, but what a way for Harry Wilson to open his account with Bournemouth. And that's going to give him so much confidence, isn't it? Oh,
6: it was terrific. And that is the kind of finishing and shooting finishing that we have we've all seen from wilson mm. both at derby last season and in some of the youtube clips that are out, are out about him he he has no fear and he hits the ball with pace so okay you know it might have been going more centrally and the deflection was a brilliant deflection i mean took it right mm. into the corner but yeah. he hits the ball with pace has no fear and that is something that we've missed um brooks i think is fantastic at taking the ball into the box uh, and scoring from inside the penalty area but we've never really had that goal threat from outside and that was terrific to to see somebody take it on and hit the target so well
2: yeah uh, now obviously the kind of waves of attack um from aston villa sort of started midway through the first half and uh that you know they They look pretty good. Most things sort of go through Jack Grealish. um, But I've got to say, most of their chances that they did manufacture came through some of our blunders. I mean, Nathan Akegi uh, actually uncharacteristically gave the ball away a couple of times. Then Charlie Daniels, I mean, it's a long Mings through ball. And I I think he tried to kill the ball dead with his left foot, but it bounced off. And then the shot came in, which Ramsdale uh, thankfully was equal to. Uh, Ramsdale, once again, very impressive.
6: Ramsdale is a star. He's got mm. that that place nailed on for the rest of the season. If he carries on like this, he just mm. he fills you with confidence. He's a great shot stopper. He's he, I thought he was pretty decent on some of the crosses as well yesterday. Yeah, uh, agreed. He's got a kind of authority, and I really like the way he's distributing the ball as well. I mean, it, it was his yeah. his sort of long pass that set up the first goal, the the penalty. Yes, um, he he's got confidence and he he's got talent and what the back fours needed i think is that that reliability that you know if we do mess up we've got a a solid
2: pair of hands behind us yeah, it's the it's the actual techniques that he uses to distribute the ball as well, which uh, makes me realise how much confident he's getting, sort of game after game. Um, it was in the first half where he nearly set Josh King free, and it was a fantastic technique with the outside of his right boot um, hit the left wing a little bit too far. Um, uh, at one stage, he um, he bowled it out that was in the second half everyone was expecting him to kick and he threw it out and it just shows that he's um he's a versatile keeper made a number of punches uh I mean obviously the goal that they scored, we'll we'll mention that didn't you know didn't really have a chance with that um but then towards the end of the first half um it was well it was Nathan Ake that got there first but they probably um had the chance of the first half I mean I know John McGinn had that sort of effort um, on the sort of half volley that half the crowd actually thought was in but it just sort of you know tickled the side netting um, and hit the stanchion which kind of made it look like it was in but it wasn't and then um, obviously Ramsdale's first save but on about 44 minutes just before half time the ball was cut back and it was going you know goal bound but Nathan Ake it was a combination of him and Ramsdale that got in the way I mean Ake got the touch on it Ramsdale would have had it covered but but um, you know, defensively for the first half at least, we we actually looked act all right.
6: They they came at us quite hard physically. I felt in that first half. I mean, I know Billing was in the wars, and we'll probably talk about that a bit more in a minute. But mm. but I think the way they were uh, they were pretty aggressive coming forwards, um, and and you need to stand up to teams like that again. You know, there have been occasions where we've got bullied by. By teams taking it to us like that, and oh. and I thought it was fantastic the way, the way the, the back four felt like, you know they were one hundred percent committed yeah. to stopping them, which is, which is what you need away from home against forty thousand. You need to be up for it as a back four against, against teams like Villa.
2: Yeah, Steve Cook was throwing his body on the line. And, um, I mean, you mentioned Philip Billing. Obviously, he was getting in amongst it. Uh, He got booked uh, towards the end. No, what was it? It was like 36 minutes. And then there were a few challenges he was making that were a little bit, oh, heart in mouth moments. And um, what did you think of his performance? And, you know, was Eddie right to take him off for the second half?
6: Well, can I say uh, I have no idea what martin atkinson was thinking that he didn't send him off because <laughs> geez, you watch that challenge he made on grealish which was minutes after yeah. that uh that descent booking and honestly that's that's a bookable one um yeah. may not have been a straight red but it went to var for the straight red they didn't yeah. give it as a straight red and he didn't get booked i know i just do not understand how, the, how he got away with it fantastic he did because i thought he was super solid and all that physicality that we had in the, the back four was mirrored by Lerma and Billing yesterday, mopping it up in central midfield time and time again. I thought they were great getting to the, the second ball or breaking up the Villa attacks. And, mm. and you know, you, you you were right. Everything goes through Grealish, but I thought we, we nullified a lot of that creativity just because mm. of the way that those two played, certainly in that first half.
2: Mm. Oh, by the way, does Grealish wear shin pads or what? Because his, his socks seem to be down by his ankles oh, half the game. Don't don't get me started. But, uh, oh go on.
6: <laughs> well uh so you mentioned the mistake they made for that second goal. That was Douglas Louise, who yeah. also scored their fantastic um their fantastic goal. But yeah. Douglas Louise, what a mixed game he had, mm. and he's got the second worst haircut in that villa team.
2: <laughs> Let me guess who you think's got the first worst.
5: Mm.
6: <laughs> really yeah. really annoys me i mean that that I, I i know villa fans love him and i'm sure he's a lovely bloke and i've got a lot of respect for the way he dealt with that pitch invasion incident last season yeah. however haircut look i mean who who dresses
2: him
5: Who's, who's a
2: stylist? <laughs> oh, bless him. He's, um, he is, yeah, he is, he does, you know, carry that team at times. I, I did wonder whether he was going to make it in the Premier League, but um, he's he certainly got a Premier League haircut, let's say. But um, <laughs> yeah, um, I don't know. He, he just, he, he has that kind of swagger and that, you know, creativity that, I mean, t- to be honest, I would, I would probably love him to be wearing red and black. But um, like you say, he, um, I mean, we're, we are skipping on a bit. between. Now and then, the goal we had, uh, uh, you know, Villa were putting the pressure on somewhat. There, there was a VAR uh, decision that uh, that was when Ramsdale did get to the ball first, but he kind of, you know, took out um, the strike at the same time. But he did get a punch on it. Uh, that, you know, that was right that it was no penalty, surely, right?
6: Right, yeah, that was clearly not a penalty. It reminded me a lot of the Sheffield United one last week on King, actually. Very similar sort of Mm. player getting to it first. And, you know, the the Villa player made a meal of it and they they did uh, have a bit of a habit of throwing themselves down quite theatrically trying to get stuff, I noticed. Mm. Um, I mean, which partly was what got Billing in trouble, I think. Mm. Um, However, you know, right decision, referee, uh, got that one right. There was... Do you want to talk about that other VAR incident or rather non-VAR incident a bit later because there was a a moment in their penalty area where Josh King got clipped, and I have no idea how that did not go to VAR because you look at that on the replay, clear penalty, we should have been 3-1 up, not hanging on at 2-1.
2: No, I agree. The ball came in from the left and it, yeah, it went over everyone and, and met Josh King who controlled it. And I, I mean, firstly, I was I was infuriated that he didn't get a shot away sooner, but he just kind of held on to it a little bit. But then when he was fouled, I instantly shouted penalty and there were a number of people around me that went with me too. But it, it, amongst the Bournemouth fans, it wasn't a wholehearted roar of that's a you know, definite penalty, but I was sure of it and I was looking at the referee because the play continued and usually it carries on for about 10 seconds or so 15 seconds and then you know you you can hear him or or you can see him put his hand up to his ear or something and just but there was none of that I thought they're gonna let that go and then I thought oh you know maybe it's just one of those things it looks worse than what it was but when I see it on match of the day there are a few angles where you think oh you know and then the last angle they showed it's like hang on that's a penalty there's
6: there's no excuse Clear penalty. We should have, we should have been coasting to the finish instead. It got a bit nervy. They, yeah. um, you know, you're right. Ramsdale couldn't do anything about their goal. I do yeah. feel sometimes. You know, we do invite teams on, and I know a lot of fans picked up on it on those fans comments you were you were playing earlier. Um, yeah. I suspect what he's trying to do is say, you know, let them have the ball and we'll hit them on the break. But it just felt we were being a bit passive in that second half don't know what you felt watching it live in the stadium
2: yeah i felt as though we yeah we did invite it on somewhat we um i think you know uh, unfortunately it's good that eddie Howe trusts the fact that we can soak up pressure and obviously get them on the counter and that's what you know obviously when they did go 2-1 up we nearly um sorry when they when they made it 2-1 we nearly made it 3-1 with um i think it was ake who played a to Fraser and he he just kept going, kept going, and there was always the um the option of squaring it. But you know, the more he was kind of bearing down on goal, you're thinking, God, have a pop wee man. And he he did, but I think he was knackered by that point. He um, he sort of tried to slide rule it into the bottom right, but it he, he was basically a back pass to the keeper who, who managed to clear. But I honestly thought for a minute, hang on, we're going to make it three-one now. But yeah, Eddie Howe trusts our defence and our our midfield to sort of do a job. But they they did have a number of chances, including a, a sort of Grealish header and a couple of chances at the end. Um, but they weren't. I they weren't. Well, they didn't test Ramsdale. Put it that way. They did have a couple of shots that. Um, were relatively easy for him to make, but yeah, it um it finished two one and happy days first away win of the well first win of the season and uh, like Andy said in one of the fans' thoughts, he said look. After two games, if you've taken four points, you'd be happy with that. Now, obviously, we just expected it the other way around. However, what are we in the Europa League spots at the moment? I mean, surely we're pushing for Europe, Jeff. We're top six
6: and, you know, it's going to be a battle against another top six side next week. So, yeah, I'm feeling pretty good. I think you have to compare it to last season as well. So Mm. think about where we were after 10 games last season and on 20 points and having our best start ever. Mm. um having looked at the fixtures for the 10 games that we start this season i think we'll do incredibly well to get 20 points mm. um if we can do it again wow that would be amazing but more more than anything i thought it was the, the the self-belief was there in the team yesterday i think with harry uh harry wilson you get that creative edge that we were missing last week and i think that really helped I th- think that the team felt that, they believed that they were going to score, they played much more naturally with that intensity that you need uh, first up, the shape was better Um, you know, all in all, you know, tick you know, good, solid performance 8 out of 10 I'd say, and uh, I did predict 2 1, can
2: I just say? <laughs> well done. I'll give you a round of applause for that. But yeah, I mean, it's, you're obviously very happy. I was happy, and uh, uh, many Bournemouth fans were happy as well. So if you go to our YouTube channel, you can access it uh, just by searching Back of the Net on YouTube. I chat to a number of fans after the game, and uh, some of them you heard earlier, and some of them you'll hear now, including some more fans' thoughts that were submitted via WhatsApp and over the phone, including Steve Butler. But also, there was one again from one of our female fans Katie Moody who is anything but Moody
4: Hi, I'm Katie and I was in block Q2 Aston Villa yesterday I think the main positives from the game yesterday were that um, Lerma seemed to control the midfield alongside Philip Billing even when Billing went off we seemed as though we were solid in, in the midfield and that really helped us defensively Although we did let in what was a very good goal, but at the same time rather sloppy because our defence just didn't quite click into place that he was unmarked at the time. Um, it was a really positive gain. Um, The two goals, obviously the second one being quite lucky with the deflection, but it was a very good goal from Harry Wilson. I think he's had a really positive start. The only thing I'd say is why didn't he start last week? You know, he looked really bright and creative in the middle. Um, and I think that, obviously, hopefully he'll be okay for Man City. He went off as a bit of a limp at the time. He'd had a bit of cramp, I believe, Um, so hopefully he'll be okay. Um, But, yeah, Callum and Josh seemed a little bit more alert this week than they did last week. Still not quite as quick fire as they they were at some points in the season. Dom Solanke looked really good when he came on, Um, but for for the most part, it was a really good game, and Ramsell, again really positive in goal, he's getting stronger and stronger now, it's just whether or not Eddie continues to believe in him throughout Man City and continue to grow his confidence because if you're going to stick with someone, then you've got to fully stick with him and I'd like to see him become our number one, I think. Obviously Boric has been absolutely wonderful for us, but I think Boric is getting to the point now where he's coming up to retirement, um, you know, being 39, nearly 40. Begovic, obviously, is just... Um, <laughs> which is mixed opinions. Um, but yeah, so hopefully be a uh, tough game against City, um, but really positive yesterday and hopefully we can use that to go into Man City with a, a strong head on our shoulders and hopefully the tactics are set out right so that we can at least come away with a point, I hope. But we'll have to wait and see what happens on Saturday. Thanks. Hi there,
0: it's uh, Steve Butler again here from the uh, main stand by the dugout. Uh, just wanted to
2: say what a uh, great performance it was on Saturday against Villa. um It was a great day compared to last weekend anyway um, A bit nerve wracking in the second half, but
0: a really good performance in the first half um it looked glimmers of ourselves that we used to play like last season um in particular Anne Ramsdale played really magnificently well to keep the goal clean sheet at her end and um on Sunday, we can
3: look forward to entertaining Man City and give them a good game. Thanks so much. Up the cherries. Very happy. Really didn't expect it when we came up on the train today. Thought at best we'd get a point. After last week, I wasn't that disappointed last week. Not as disappointed as some of the fans were. But I just thought we aren't going to be able to do them over in this sort of game. They had everything going in their favour. First home game after coming back up to the Premier League. They played well at Tottenham last week. But we just played fantastic overall, I thought. We them back into it a little bit in the second half. I don't like it when we let the other teams come on to us that was what did for us really at Sheffield United last week but overall I'd say nine out of ten for that performance definitely
1: Bonjour my name is Frank Rowling and you're listening back of the net
2: oh Frank Rowling love that man he really should have played at Wembley shouldn't he bless him Absolutely love it. And he did that jingle for us the last time round. We've got a few. We've got Steve Jones, Klaus Jorgensen, Steve Purchase, Fletch, of course, even Gary Chapman from the North Stand, Jimmy Glass. If you can get anyone, any player that is, or anyone AFC Bournemouth related to do a jingle. Hi, my name is X and you're listening to Back of the Net. You can get five Back of the Net brownie points from us because we would love you Forever, Just like we'd love AFC Bournemouth forever if they managed to get a result this Sunday live on Sky against Manchester City. Just imagine if we can get a result. Oh my goodness. Myself and Jeff are going to talk through it shortly. But first, we caught up with Ray from Man City Fan Chat to check out his views on the season so far.
1: Hi guys, it's Ray here from Man City Fan Chat I think Man City had a pretty decent uh, transfer window over the summer strengthening in uh, the fullback areas and at holding our defensive midfielder and quite honestly I think we've got the strongest squad I've ever seen at Man City and uh, also probably the best team uh, I've I've seen at Man City as well Our season has started, well I think it started off pretty well uh, up to a point before VAR intervened in the game against uh, Spurs um, I think the game against uh, West Ham We certainly weren't at our best Quite sloppy I think in the first half But in the second half I think we, we just blew uh, West Ham away Without having to probably get out of third gear I don't think West Ham um, Quite honestly were good enough And I think they might um, struggle more Than they would expect this season And So that was a pretty decent uh, result for us Obviously winning 5-0 away from home against what's supposed to be a top 10 team second game against Spurs I think we were magnificent for large parts of that game first 20 minutes Spurs hardly got a look in at all they were struggling to get two or three passes um, strung together and uh, yeah, it looked like we were going to run onto what you might think would be a routine victory but they scored a goal out of nothing. In fact, they scored two goals in uh, with their only real um, half chances. They weren't even proper chances. Um, so that's disappointing. And we had an absolute shed load of opportunities. Um, we really should have been scoring five or six goals against a team that were, let's not forget, apparently the second best team in Europe. Raheem Sterling, four goals in two games. He's looked uh, on a, another level, uh, even more so than... His last season, where he was magnificent, and he's even better. Kevin De Bruyne, he's got a point to prove this season, um, and he's been playing sublimely. Uh, the passes um, against Spurs, were for, the, for to set up the two goals, were <laughs> incredible, and uh, there were another two or three um, fantastic crosses as well. So he's looking awesome at the moment. Those two players probably stand out more than uh, anybody else for me at the moment. And, and I'm not even mentioning Riyad as who had a hand in all five goals against West Ham so I think we're very very strong at the moment and with that VAR a decision right at the death with um, not getting penalty in the first half of Rodri I think City is smarting and War betide the next team uh, that we play against which just so happens to be AFC Bournemouth um, um, it's going to be a tough. I think it's going to be a tough afternoon for you guys. Um, we're going to look to get back to winning ways. I mean, before uh, the Spurs game, we would we'd won fifteen league games on the bounce. That's kind of what we do. We're winning thirty to thirty two games every season. Um, so I think it's going to be extremely difficult in the mood that I expect the guys to be in because I think they'll be spitting feathers. They'll be absolutely you know livid about what's happened against Spurs, uh, and they might. I don't think they'll take it out on on Bournemouth. I don't think we'll be. Uh, slapping you around quite honestly Because you've got some good players You've got a decent team Who kind of year on year Feel like they're going to get better You've got some exciting players in Fraser I, I like Nathan uh, Good guys up front Always da- uh, dangerous So um, I think it'll be a decent game I'm, I'm going to go for uh, A 2-0 City win uh, I think we'll stop it too If that doesn't sound too arrogant uh, And just save ourselves for the for the next game um, but I think we'll, we'll mean business And um, if we really mean business And if we really want to We could get three or four or five goals Like we did against West Ham But I think you'll you provide a more obdurate test uh, You'll defend better than West Ham did You won't give us uh, free open spaces to you, know, you won't part like the Red Sea Like they did I think on our second goal That Raheem Sterling scored So I think you'll give us a tough game uh, And I'll stick with that 2-0 scoreline I think we'll be happy enough uh, To get the three points and, and move on and hopefully uh, next time we come around to your grand you'll have a bigger round one day you know, because it is pretty small and um, we do struggle to get tickets for that game I think we could probably sell about 3,500 tickets rather than just over 1,000 so that's the only thing I'm looking forward to uh, future days but it's a it's, um, great place to come Bournemouth nice uh, on the coast to uh, can make a weekend of it always very nice and hopefully uh, in August the weather will still be nice so that's my uh, prediction, 2-0 City. Um, let's say Sterling and Gabby Jesus used to score the goals. OK,
2: so the thoughts there from Ray. He's from Man City fan chat. Uh, he's obviously going to be fairly optimistic, isn't he? Despite their two-all draw on Saturday against Spurs. Uh, I, actually, Jeff, I was meaning to ask, did you actually see that game? Because VAR, once again, between those two teams at the Etihad, took centre stage
6: yeah and um, i hmm I thought that uh, they should have won that game quite comfortably. I actually thought Spurs were pretty fortunate to escape with a draw. That yeah. far incident at the end, interestingly, and you know forgive me for not noticing this last week, but hmm. when Sheffield United scored against us, there was an exactly similar handball yes. incident, yeah. I didn't realize that VAR was being used to rule those kind of accidental handballs as, you know, if it contributes to a goal, it's automatically disallowed. I didn't realize that rule change was in force, you know, mea culpa. But bloody hell, sorry. We should have we should have <laughs> won that game last week and yeah. that goal should have been disallowed if the the Man City goal was disallowed. Didn't you agree? Oh,
2: mate, yeah, completely. Um it's it seemed uh, I mean, at first, I thought, you know what, I, I'm willing to, I'm willing to maybe give VAR a chance. It's going to clear up a lot of the issues that we've had, where, um, you know, Bournemouth have been hard done by through refereeing decisions. But um, it's causing more controversy than it's worth at the moment, and especially when you see things like that. I mean. It, Uh, you know even on the first or second slow-mo viewing of that incident can you see he actually touches his arm and it's just his arms were down by his side now i thought the whole handball thing was when your hand is in a is in a position in an outward position that isn't natural and if it hits it then then it's going to be a penalty his his arm was pretty much down by his side so what i mean what was he actually supposed to do
6: so so that's the clarification if you watch match of the day they did a really good explanation of it where they talk about the uh if it's an offensive player if the ball mm. even accidentally hits their arm in a in a goal mouth and it leads to a goal you've got to disallow it there's no kind of accidental or deliberate kind of connotations if it's a defender and that hit them mm. you could play on and far wouldn't intervene which is you know one rule for the defending team one rule for the attacking team
2: Yeah, no, that's right. I mean, so obviously that was two. All They've got uh, four points on the board in total. Um, But obviously it's Man City. It's Raheem Sterling, who always seems to score against us. It's the powerhouse that, you know, we played better last season against them, but we were um, almost infamous on social media for not getting a shot away and derided by loads of fans everywhere. Uh, Give me some kind of optimism, Jeff, because... To all intents and purposes, I, you know, we've probably lost this even before we've began, but not not in your mind.
6: No, I'm feeling positive about Sunday and the reasons I'm feeling positive are I do think we've got our mojo back. I think um, we're playing with a stronger team than we played with uh, last season, you know, when yeah. they had 30 shots and we had zero in that game. Yeah. You know, I I think we were... We were a bit injury hit at the time, lacking in a bit of confidence. And I don't think that will be the case this time. I think he's actually going to look at what uh, Spurs did, which was take it to Man City a little bit more than than we might have done last season. And I think that will be a good thing. So I think we're going to have more threat against them. Hmm. I also think... They're on a bad run, and I don't just mean a bad run with VAR because they've had two goals disallowed with VAR. So I think VAR is going to be in our favour this yeah. week coming. I think they're Ooh. also on a bad run because you know they've drawn a game, so that's got to hurt their confidence, don't you think, Sam?
2: Yeah, um, that's right. And uh, I mean, yeah, they. I mean, they should. Uh, they certainly should have won it. And I mean, their matches against us haven't exactly been clear cut well the last couple haven't because obviously one of them was the Charlie Daniels wonder strike and that was a last minute goal to, for us to concede and then um, last season it was that horrible scuff from Riyad Mahrez and it was a 1-0 win for them it was very you know, very bitty but yeah I think it, it could work in our favour because I
6: think it could and I, I also thought watching yesterday um, Edison is a great uh, shot stopper a great passer yep. of the ball but he looked a little bit of fault for both of those goals. I thought, you know, he's kind of getting a bit cocky. Would it be right to say, you know, he was he was kind of coming forwards to that uh, that first Spurs goal like, you know, he was mm. he was his position was all over the place. And uh, for the the header, the Mora header again, I don't think his positioning was great. I think he he he's not that great a keeper. Mm. Um, and the other thing. With a team like Man City, where you've got all these superstars, it's tough keeping them all happy. And did you notice that falling out between Aguero and Pep when Aguero got substituted?
2: Yes, I did. They seemed to sort of make it up when uh, they, when Jesus or Jesus scored their third, but obviously there it's disallowed. I don't don't know, um, you know, what the aftermath that was. Yeah. So, you know, there are little sort of, you know, contributing factors. And I, I was about to say that Eddie, I don't think will be completely pleased with the performance against Villa. He'll be obviously delighted with the win, but there are a number of things that we could improve. And if, if that came about and we managed to put in the perfect performance and yeah, Man City have their little, you know, gripes and little troubles, then who knows? Maybe your glass half full could, you know, could produce a, a draw or even a win. And yeah, you kind of look at that Lucas Moura goal. I mean, he came on and scored straight away with a header. You look at play, I mean, obviously Philip Billing is not known for his goal scoring ability. I don't, I'm don't. Mm. not particularly nor if, sure whether he's heading, but six foot five, um, you think throw him into the box, just cause some troubles. And you know what, we could get him on set pieces, you never know.
6: You never know I, I I feel more optimistic this season than I did last season when when we went into that game you kind of felt he's, he is going to pick a team that plays defence against attack and that's you know that is a way to play against City um, actually I think the way to unsettle them will be to have a bit of a go and I think he's going to look at last season and think well that didn't work um, let, let's give it a bit of a go
2: what have we got to lose. Ooh, well i'm gonna push you jeff i'm gonna push you for a prediction uh if you can get another one correct i'll be delighted uh because i i'm kind of hoping that it's going to be a fairly optimistic one for us
6: i think we're gonna edge it one nil oh mate that'd be amazing who's gonna score? score uh i you know that's not a bad call on on a, a big six footer you know, from a set piece so uh, yeah. could be billing
2: i think ake is going to get on the score sheet actually this week he always scores the crucial goals he that does. last minute one against spurs against liverpool of course yeah. the 4-3 maybe yeah. it's him again yeah. uh,
6: and and uh, also the other yeah. the other thing i was thinking was it it does feel a bit like that spurs game in the way that city play you know against teams that that break on them they do have a habit of just doing these tactical fouls and yeah. maybe Maybe we might get them down to 10 men, you know, could be in our favour.
2: That's, well, that would be, that would be ideal. I mean, I'm going to take your lead with the optimism, but I'm just (laughs) going to, I'm going to, I'm going to just go for a point. I think we can take a point off them. Um, I think it could be a one-all and Callum Wilson on the score sheet. Um, I think... You know, Pep will be obviously ging his players up. They need this win. Uh, I know it's very early to say. Uh, you know, they're out of the title race. Of course, it's only two games in. But you saw last season that um, the actual title race was decided a long way back. So every single uh, time when they drop points, like at the weekend, he's going to bring his players back and fire them up, and he he will. Eddie will we could have a massive game and it's going to be live on the TV as well. So make sure everyone inside the stadium, if you've got a ticket, make some noise for
6: the boys. Absolutely. And let's be positive, you know, self-belief. Come on, boys, you can do it. You can beat this lot.
2: i'm loving your optimism jeff jeff as ever thank you very much and you're of course going to be back next week it's not going to be me doing the match chat with you but it's mr all departments himself michael dunn who's going to be here so if you miss his dulcet tones he's going to be analyzing the man city game but also previewing the one after that so don't miss it the podcast will still be out on monday morning it's going to be an ultra quick turnaround i'm going to be concentrating on the youtube stuff so please check our socials to see where i'm going to be probably in the ted mcdougall stand behind in the car park it's just a two three minute piece to camera and we would really appreciate it if you can turn up and have your say so yeah, thank you so much for listening. The reviews that we've had on iTunes have been fantastic. And if you get chance and you haven't been able to do so, we'd really appreciate it. Just give us a five-star review. If you want to say a few words, you can as well. It really helps us to go up the iTunes rankings. We're not going to be number one podcast or anything like that. But it just puts us in front of more ears. Now, if you are a YouTube subscriber, you've done 50% of the task that's needed to get your hands on a copper 90 t-shirt because in association with copper 90 we've got it's a white t-shirt it'll be in your size but it's got a lovely little cartoonized Steve Fletcher emblem you know that iconic goal celebration against Lincoln Didn't, didn't quite want to take his top off but just pulled it over his head everyone associates that with Fletch now and all we need you to do is retweet or share on Facebook or Instagram the latest podcast so all you got to do is share that and also be a subscriber as well and you will be in the hat to win that t-shirt we would really appreciate it if you did so because it also helps spread the word of the the podcast and hey you might win a t-shirt do you remember at the start of the show we need to quickly wrap that up that iconic piece of commentary from barry davis ted mcdougall the flying leaper now when did that happen it was 1972 we were wearing the green and black kit, no it wasn't red and black it was that oh, we should bring it back, the green and black kit and also how many goals do you score for AFC Bournemouth it was 119 if you got those right you've probably got a few grey hairs but fair play uh, I knew two out of the three so I- I'm quite proud of that Wasn't I thought 1974 for some reason but you know I wrote the question, I still got it wrong. Anyway, hope you've enjoyed today's pod. Remember to give it a review and share it on social media because you can win a t-shirt. We'll see you after the City game. Thanks very much for listening. This has been Back of the Net, the AFC Bournemouth podcast.
1: with a little step over but straight to Harry Wilson just to shoot left foot, de- deflected Harry Wilson, Premier League-